ball is life, plain and simple. You know, ask any baller. If, if you know, you know. The game has changed, but it's still the same. You want it, get it. Shazam! The inbounds pass comes into Jordan. Here's Michael at the foul line, the shot on Elo. Mike, you're honestly telling me that you can top five of all time. No question about it. Booker, this is for the win. Got it. Wow. The ruling on the boys make basket. One thing's for sure. Over at Valley Sports Plug, you're never going to catch us slipping. First overall pick, the Phoenix Suns select. Three, two, one, yeah. Welcome to Pass the Outlet, Episode 7. I'm your co-host, Michael Benjamin, joined as always by my wingman, Chris Patrick. Chris, how you doing tonight, brother? Doing great, Mike. I'm glad to be back. It's been a little while since we've done PTO, so we got a lot to, to talk about. Some fun topics tonight. I'm ready to get into it, man. How you been? I've been great, man. Played some ball tonight, which is actually going to be our first topic of the day. But everybody, make sure you like and subscribe to this video. Follow us on our YouTube page, Valley Sports Plug. You can also find, that, find us at that on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at AZ underscore VSP. Had a big week for Valley Sports Plug. We did our Cardinals recap on Tuesday. Had our Suns recap yesterday. And I'm sure we're going to touch on some of those items from that. But I put out an action item to the people on Instagram uh, about a week or so ago asking, what are your biggest pet peeves when it comes to playing pickup basketball? And we got a lot of cool answers and some really funny ones that I'll bring to the table for you, Chris, and see uh, how we can dissect those. But first and foremost, Chris, what are, when you're thinking pickup basketball, what are the first things that come to your mind? Yeah, man. I'll, let me tell you. And first, I I got to say, I haven't seen these, these answers that Mike's talking about. So this is going to be very interesting. But um, some of my pet peeves, I was thinking about this. I think one of the biggest ones, especially for me when it comes to pickup, is just a, a ball hog. Someone, and I, I, I put it into two separate categories because first I was thinking black hole, but a black hole and a ball hog are kind of, they're cousins. Mm. But first I would say just a ball hog because a person, and even when the person's good and they're carrying the team and you might be winning, if you never get to touch the ball on offense, it can get kind of like, that's not really what you're there for all the time. Like everyone wants to get their shots up. Um, so, I mean, that's one of my biggest ones. Another one I wrote down that I, I'm not taking shots at anybody, but we've all played with the big man, the biggest guy on the court who only wants to take three point shots. <laughs> it's just, he can make it, even if he can make them again, even if he can make them still a pet peeve of mine. He's like, but as long as you're winning, I guess it ain't that bad. But Mike, what do, we, what do you got? What about you personally? I don't know, man. I feel like that might have been a stray shot a little bit at me. I, I will say tonight I was hot. Past couple of weeks I wasn't, but I always try and sprinkle it in from inside and out. So hopefully you weren't directing all of that at nah. me. But I was really trying to sit down and think about what my biggest one is. 
And I think at the end of the day, I have to lean towards uh, the excessive foul caller, right? You know, the guy who every little tip ball or tip pass or maybe a hand rubbing, it's a foul and we got to check the ball up. Not only does it slow down the game, I mean, Chris, you can attest to some of the runs that we've been having more recently. I mean, we got 20, 25 guys out there waiting for one court. And yeah. if we're just calling a foul every time we drive to the basket, it's it pisses me off. I mean, I'll, I'll, to say it nicely. I mean, one example tonight, I was playing over at the Tempe Y and our, our buddy Guy Woods, shout out Guy. It was actually his birthday. Came out to get some shots up before. Hopefully he celebrates tonight. But I was guarding him and he kind of took one step and pulled up from outside. And I did one of those little nice taps on the on the uh on the arm and he ended up missing it. And I kind of looked at him, I was like, Do you want that one? And he was basically like, No, that was a bad look. I got I should have looked for something else. And that's respectable, right? You know, sometimes you gotta let things go. And as a big yeah. guy myself, who's always kind of Dealing with the elbows and the and the hand checks and the you know guys jumping on my back and that kind of stuff, I try to really keep it only to if it's something that really changed to play. And I've been there, and I know Chris, you've been there too. I've missed bunnies at the basket, and maybe I got hit, but it's something that I should have made, so I'm not going to call that. But right, let's get right into it here. So first one we got from our buddy Chevin Nooney. From Dynasty Rewind, make sure you guys are checking out them too. We're getting down to fantasy football playoffs. I know that's not basketball, but we love sports here. We got a shout out our guy Chevin. But his first one he said was, dude's not getting back on D and shooting whenever they get the rock. So that kind of works into your uh, spot, Chris, right? Definitely. Yeah, the black hole is what it, what it is. Um, yeah, the guy who just chucks up every three-pointer, every shot that he comes up across at, you know, Mike, I will say that wasn't a shot at you. You do a great job of mixing it up and you pick your spots good. So got to make that clear. But yeah, I, it was funny. I did mention that as my third, like the the person who calls the ticky tack fouls. And you did, a, you did a great job of laying that all out. I just had to, had to say that because it does really slow the pace of the game and it, it can become cumbersome where he's calling something and everyone wants to respect the call, of course, right? But if there's a guy doing that, and then everyone else like, I don't know if I really saw that, but I guess we're going to respect the call so that it, it can just kind of, I don't know, lead to one one thing in the next. But Chev, uh, great, great point, man. Get Guys getting back on defense, that is, that's also very frustrating. And I get like maybe at the end of runs, guys maybe get a little fatigued, a little tired. Everyone slows down a little bit. But even though it's pickup, like I said, the, the offense is sexy, but you still got to play defense, man. 100%. Gotta get back, man. Gotta, Gotta get back. back. Uh, baby Titan La Titan. That's our uh, buddy Mike Felix. He said, Dusty Court. Been there plenty of times. Even with, you know, trying to, you know, swipe your shoes as much as you can, maybe using a wet towel. Mm -hmm. I've, I know some people look at me the wrong way sometimes, but I've resorted to even spitting on the court in the side. On the side, though, right? I'm not just like spitting in the middle of the foul lane, you know, but. You know, just to get some traction, that that stuff always kind of kind of sucks. But uh, who else? We got Matt Tallman. Shout out to VSP Tallman. His brother said, "Dudes who show up in NBA jerseys." <laughs> what do you think about that one? Yeah, yeah, that's a 
that's bold. That's a bold move. Um, you see that with the with the Kobe and the Jordan. Um, I don't know if I've uh, I've probably done it. I'm sure I've done it, but uh, not not recently. No, I don't think since I've been playing the past couple of years. Have you you ever balled in an NBA jersey? I'm sure you have. Uh, I, yeah, it's probably when I was a kid, though. To be honest with you, the only time yeah. I'm wearing a jersey nowadays is when we're playing in adult leagues. But I just find jerseys a little bit too bulky. I need something a little bit thinner material, especially if we're out there running for two hours. You know, mm-hmm. I'm soaking through that. So jerseys, not for me. Uh, another one, J for three, not being competitive, not knowing your limits. And that guy who says, I'm here for the cardio. <laughs> hey, we all say we're there for the cardio, but we're also there to ball. I'm here for the cardio, but at, at the same time, yeah, I'm there to win, right? I, I know it's a good oh. workout, especially when you get older. You got to make sure you keep loose, keep running, stay in shape as best you can. And basketball is one of the best workouts out there, you know, as long as your body understands its limits and understanding when to get out there with the competition and that kind of stuff. So I can totally agree with that one. Uh, our buddy Greg Bowslog, GBoz24. The arguing over the score and calling every little foul. That yep. one worked into to mine with the every little foul. But I mean, there's, you know, we've been there where you just get into the flow of the game. A couple of baskets might go by, and then somebody shouts out a score, and it's like, oh, I don't know about that. But yeah, that kind of stuff should take 30, sen- 30 seconds maximum. And there's been times where we sit there and it takes five minutes for guys to figure out the score. I might as well go yeah. sit down, change my shirt, you know, freaking drink my entire Gatorade before figuring out what the hell the score is. I mean, that's not what we're there for. Sometimes you just got to concede to what it is. But well, and what I found is like one of the quickest ways it can get resolved is. Um, you know, everyone goes, well, he scored one bucket. He, he had a three. Did you score? No. Did you score? No. Okay. So they got three points. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because that's how we always did it is just f- having one guy either keep track. Someone calls it out after every score. But now we've been having at some of these pickup runs. We're doing this flip flipper scoreboard and guys are like, oh, who's doing the score? Who's doing the score? It's like, guys, how did we ever keep track of the score before? Now you're relying on someone who's on the sideline to do it. That's not fair. So um, I, I laugh at that, but no, hundred percent, like arguing over the score is kind of silly, especially when it's just pickup. Like I get it when there's implications for like the winning team gets to stay and keep playing, but at the end of the day, resolve it, move on and everyone will get their chance. Yeah. I guess you could say we're just spoiled over at Tukey, man. You know, everybody's gotten to, into their complacency with what's going on. You know, first game's always to 15. Then we run to 11s. If you need people, you shoot for it. And we got to have that scoreboard now, even if we only got 12 people. You know, if you're on the sideline and you're the only one there, it's it's on you now, you know. <laughs> but 100%. I know what you're saying. Our buddy Reggie, underscore Hennessy, Papa, underscore. Hey. He says hot heads and calls being argued for five minutes. That can roll kind of into arguing over the score as well. Yeah. Yeah, same with the kind of I think that almost kind of ties in with what we're saying with like people who call the ticky tack fouls, because you can spend a lot of time arguing over was it a foul? Was it a travel? Was it out of bounds on this or that? And it's like, again, just resolve it, move on. And we can all just keep playing ball like. Yeah, pick your battles. Just move forward, man. Got to keep it going. We got people waiting, you know. GG star zero three said fouling on game point. 
Now on that one, it all depends. But if you're purposely going out there like easy, just uh, wide open jumper, and you're going out and like nailing the guy, mm-hmm. I can attest to that. Yeah, just pick your battles, live another day, contest, but you know, don't be trying to pull guys down when they're going up for that final shot. You know, I don't know, play better defense. That's there you right. go. That's my. Uh, don't get beat. That's 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 my analysis of that. But <laughs> all right, underscore Jaden Horton. What's up, Jay? He said losing to bums. Now that's subjective. Everybody can that think this guy's, this guy's a bum. That guy's a bum. We're all bums. But hey, maybe you know that's the mentality you got to have sometimes when you step on the court. Everybody else is bums. So if you lose, you think you lost to bums, but. Well, then if you lost to bums, you got to I think you almost got to look inward and find out what you you might have done wrong yourself or what your teammates might have done wrong. And I've been I mean, we've all been there with having bum teammates when you get stuck, you show up late. So then you're running with the guys who didn't make their free throws to play the first game or the second game. So now you're with the third. Nope. No offense to anybody who's chronically on the third string. Um, I've found <laughs> myself there plenty of times, but uh, it can be tough. Like you uh, again. More of the stuff we've talked about, like there have been plenty of times where either of us have gone up to the other and said, hey, this guy has no business being out here, but here he is and he's on my team. So you just got to make the most of it. But yeah, what I would say is, um, I don't know, maybe there's a reason you lost to bums. (laughs) Take a look inside. See what you can do to be better. All love, though. All love. All right, our guy Joe, Mr. Wolf.dojo, he said, not taking the easy layup, LOL. I feel like that was uh, directed towards a um, a clip that I had posted that same day where I kind of tossed him the rock while he was on the roll and he didn't go up with it. And I ended up getting a three out of the play, but I'm sure that's nice. kind of what he was <laughs> going to. But, you know, that could go towards sometimes – I go either way sometimes where guys are on a fast break and it might be a one-on-one instead of actually attacking the basket, just pulling up a transition for a three, see if you might be able to get those two shots. Mm -hmm. But one thing I've gotten more and more okay with over the years after playing is if you have a fast break and nobody's with you, shooting the three and then just following your shot, see if you can get a, a layup based off of that but mm-hmm. that that can also depend on where your angles are right if you're just driving straight up the middle and you pull that three from there you miss it then go get your rebound that's okay but gotta take those layups man gotta make those bunnies and you know this one kind of goes right into that our boy james rodella underscore crew james. said when the when the big guys don't finish layups lol <laughs> i know that one's directed at me we've seen mike stat uh, padding his stats down there, just getting those rebound numbers up. But he fi- he usually finishes them eventually. I'll give you I'll give you that. Yeah, too many times though where I've had those offensive boards, I miss the first one and then finally get the second one. But you know when I'm playing with bigger guys like myself, I I can't live or die like that. It's it, it doesn't go my way, unfortunately. This I guess this one is directed towards me again. Aiden <laughs> He said when the six eight guy decided to guard me. That's got to be towards me. I'm thinking. He's pretty tall himself, isn't he? He is. Yeah, he's probably six three, six four. Yeah, but Aiden's yeah. a Aiden's a big soccer guy. I think he um, he 
plays in college right now. No way. But he's a shooter, dude. I got to, you know, if I could keep up with him a little bit and I have length to contest him, I got to guard him. Sorry, Aiden. I don't know what to tell you, man. And then one of the last ones we had, P-Rock underscore 4R. He said guarding Mike Benjamin, of course. Paul, I'm sorry. You're not the only one. But we've all had matchups like that where if you end up on the other side of the team and it just folds out to your guarding that one guy, your nemesis, and it's like, oh, man, hopefully yeah. this one goes my way. All right, Chris, those were our actual ones that people sent in. I appreciate everybody. Make sure you're staying tapped into our socials. I'm sure we'll have more kind of polls like that. Get you guys involved. Let us know how you're feeling about the Suns, what's going on in your day-to-day -day with basketball. We always want to know that kind of stuff. But I had some other ones. And let me see here first. Bree Moore 97. She said body hair, fingernails, or another man's sweat touching me. That's a big <laughs> pet peeve for her when she's playing pickup basketball. She also okay. said getting picked last. Okay. When my sock starts to slip off my foot. When someone Valid. steals your ball. I've been there, dude. I had a nice evolution. Somebody stole it right out of my bag. Oh, what sure about? Of, well, I'm sure a lot of people have been through that. What about when the guy who brought the game ball leaves and there's no ball to play with and everyone right. else wants to keep playing? That's a good one. I think this was kind of in regards to something that I had said the other day too. Chafed nipples. Have you ever gone through that? I may may have. What, what have you? <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. Oh, it depends man. on it. It kind of depends on what kind of shirt you're wearing. Mm. You know, like I, I've had older shirts that aren't like dry fit or air wick kind of material. And the longer you play, the more the sweat stays on there. And it's like coarse rubbing up against you. And it's, ugh, I hate it. E. But okay, now I'll just run through these because. Let's see if these are actual pet peeves, but okay. I, I promise I promise Bree that I would say these. So <laughs> Bree Moore Savage, she said, when saying make me like Mike doesn't work. We've all been there, haven't yeah. haven't caught through there. She also said, not being able to live up to Troy Bolton in high school musical. Gotta get your head in the game. Alyssa Tarlin said, not en not having enough balls around you. Breaking not having a enough balls. Yep. Not having a ball. Breaking a nail. Uh, who? What, what else do we got? When you remember Harambe mid-game and you get really sad, RIP. Oh, it's the worst. When I try to do the tricks like they do on TV, but I'm not tall enough. <laughs> and then, of course, the last one, falling on my widow knees. Oh. Widow with a W. Alyssa, have you ever even shot a basketball? Leave it in the comments if you're watching. <laughs> Chris, you got any other pet peeves that just kind of grind your gears when you're playing? Man, you know, I don't know. I think that might that would that list was really good and thorough. I I was not expecting that much uh, feedback, so that was really awesome, guys. They're definitely gonna have to do some more of those. Um, but my pet peeve is when the Suns are on a five game losing streak. Does that count? I don't think that's the same. I don't think that's pickup. Well, if you're talking about it with some of the guys out there, I think it would 
go into that. I mean, I was talking to Ant today. He went to the Celtics game. Mm. He's a big Boston Celtics guy, Boston guy in general. So was just kind of picking his brain about what he was seeing out there. But yeah, Chris, I think that perfectly rolls into the outlet point guard for today. We got a couple of clips from this five-game losing streak, unfortunately, from the Suns. And we're going to start right off with Christian Wood. This guy has been a pain in the backside for the Suns right to start, even from the very beginning of this season. I know we've only had two matchups against them. But make sure you guys, after this one, go go take a look at our Suns recap. These things are kind of some specifics that we've been seeing in these past five games. Christian Wood has had his his number, and they've been calling upon him early this season. I know he's not getting as many minutes playing off the bench, but he's going to be a big contributor for them if they can make the playoffs. Right now, they're not even in the picture, but... I feel like they'll figure it out and be able to, you know, sneak their way into maybe kind of middle seed, six or seven spots, something like that. So it could be another matchup that the Suns see this year. But Chris, right off the bat, they give him action early or right at the top of the three-point line up against Jock Landell, and he just kind of bullies him there, right? Yeah. Gives him a nice little one-two move. And in the NBA game, the NBA game is so big on spacing. So you can see right from the top there, everybody is so far out. Almost everyone for the Mavericks is on the three-point line. And Christian Wood is a good ball handler, so they just kind of let him go to work on Jock Lendell. And he gives him a nice little left-handed push there to create some space. But that's what we've been seeing a little bit too much of from the Suns where guys are just diving too close to the basket and getting big big and easy looks right there, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think the the first thing I noticed is how they set up this play. I think kind of like you were saying, they really space the floor, kind of put Christian Wood on an island. And what I think it kind of looks like is Jock Landell is doing a little too much. Like Christian Wood is, yeah, kind of doing some crossovers, a little bit of shifting. But Jock Landell gets right up on him and starts switching his feet back and forth and back and forth. And as soon as, you know, he, Christian Wood sees him turn a little too much to the right, he takes him to his, well, okay, you know, Jock's going to his right and then Christian's going to his right. But then, yeah, that little, it, it's it's a, that, that fine line between a push off and just momentum. And you can kind of see Jock have to take that little hop step as he kind of gets the shimmy there. And it gives him just that little bit of space. I mean, overall, I'd probably give Jock Landale a B minus for his defense here. Um, it was it was a good contest for for the situation he was in. Uh, but Christian Wood, man, that I didn't know he had that uh, type of handle in his bag to be able to go ISO and, and do that. I didn't know. I guess I need to study up on Christian Wood a little bit more. I think a big thing with this play too is you got to honor his shot because he's started to prove that he's a better outside shooter for his size. I mean, the NBA game has transitioned to if you're a big guy and you don't have the ability to shoot from outside a little bit, I mean, unless you're really dominant inside in the post, you're not going to really get that much playing time. But that's why you see Jock kind of as soon as Christian almost looks like he's going to pull from, you know, three steps behind the three point line, he has to kind of contest. I'm not very proud of the way that he has his footwork going in this defensive set though because he's like 
slow back, slow back. The transition just isn't the best. I'd rather him plant the foot and try and roll his body to step out. But that's also something that you have to worry about when it comes to shooters, because if I plant and turn and they create that space, like we see from the James Harden's, you know, even Spencer Didwitty on this team, those guys that just hit that quick step back, you create that space and are able to pull, but it looks like he's just chasing too much here. And that chase creates him kind of a little bit too far behind and taking the brunt of that push. Exactly. Like you said, it might not be exactly a push off, but any kind of space creation in the NBA, they're going to give that to guys because they want good looks at the basket and high scoring basketball. So unfortunately in the Celtics game, we did see high scoring, but only from the Celtics. I think they won a 125 to 97. And this was something that I saw in the Dallas Mavericks game as well. And this is a tough play. It doesn't speak exactly to what happened in the Mavericks game, but this is just, horrible transition defense here where they got four guys down to the sun's two right to start off so you're already in panic mode you don't have guys able to transition where they need to go you see at the top corner landry shamit did fall down onto jalen brown but then you got your point guard chris paul trying to man the middle and you got to have somebody stop the ball mikhail bridges but nobody talks about Grant Williams in the corner. Nobody tells Devin Booker, hey, you got to get down there. And we'll let this one roll through a little bit. But DeAndre Ayton, unfortunately, is just kind of walking back on defense. And he even gets a dribble off before he takes this shot. Crazy. Talk about insult to injury, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think the two biggest things, and and you hate to see it, uh, but the two biggest guys at fault here, are, I think, are DeAndre Ayton and Devin Booker. It, it almost looks like DeAndre Ayton should have gone and gone to contest out on Grant Williams. I get the idea is he's going to his man, but then Chris Paul's still manning. He's still guarding him for all, all intents and purposes. And then Booker, I, I, he just kind of looks lost. I, I think because he's, again, he's going to guard Marcus Smart up there. So it's just everyone is it's kind of the only guy playing help defense, help defense or proper defense is Chris Paul in this situation. And I think, what'd you say? Landry Shamit there up top. And even, even Mikel Bridges to contest right there. Yeah. Cause he, it's just, he fell onto Jalen Brown. Yeah. Yeah. So right well, back. Mikhail was, already kind of stepped onto the ball, but yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, just the first, like just, no, just time back into what I was, the, where I started at with that point is just, it, it's clearly, Probably more so DeAndre Ayton's fault, but also Devin Booker's fault for looking lost. He could have totally popped out there too and maybe even told DA on his way, go up there. Because I think the most damning thing is Devin Booker can see everyone on the court in front of him, as can DeAndre Ayton. He's looking right at him. So he's like, oh, there's four guys in front of me and one guy behind me. What's Where's my guy? Where Who am I supposed to be covering right now? And it's just, it's sloppy. It's this, it's this trend we're seeing with the Suns where the defense is just not up to the point and the standard that it needs to be at. And, and we're seeing lazy defense and non-communication that like, where's the communication there? I could go on. I could go on and on Mike, but is that kind of, are you seeing the same thing with the Suns recently? Just the laziness like is in this play. I mean, to start this season, one of the best things about this team was their team defense and their ability to go off of switches kind of put guys on anybody and once action was rolling you're okay to have guys step out 
you know, obviously you don't want a guy like DeAndre Ayton out on, you know, Jalen Brown on a consistent basis, but their defensive sets were just rolling way better to start the year. And we've just lost some of that good communication that we started with. Uh, I just always get discouraged when guys see the ball swing out to the other side and just kind of look and don't make a motion to even try. Like Chris Paul is stuck there. I understand. But then Devin Booker looks around, like you said, again, and is just kind of like, huh? What? What? He's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Way too slow to react. Like all of them. (laughs) No reaction almost. Like Chris Paul, like when it doesn't even matter, is rushing out there. Right. And then uh, the last uh, clip we have for the outlet point guard is our guy Zion Williamson, the man amongst boys. This guy is a freaking beast, dude. There's no way to put it either than that. I mean, you could call him Xanos, right? uh, Zion Thanos. He... For his size and stature, it's just incredible the upper body strength and the way that he can move guys at will. And we saw that happen a lot to guys, even like Mikhail Bridges. In that second game, they were trying to run different sets at uh, Zion and different looks on the defensive end. But he has such a good handle and a great ability to dive to the basket and really get to the positions that he wants to to score. And unfortunately, unfortunately, Tory Craig caught the brunt of that this uh, these past two games, and it, it's kind of similar to that Christian Wood play where you kind of just dip your shoulder and you're and you're at the basket before you even know it. But here's DeAndre Ayton; he's rolling with his defensive man, but he's way too deep before he he, he can contest. You know, like that's something you got to step a little bit higher, contest a little bit harder, and. You know, I'd rather have Zion try and do a dump pass to Larry Nance than, you know, flow up that little floater that he started to be incredible at. You know, maybe if DA steps a little bit higher here and he, Zion tries to do a little dump pass to Larry Nance, Booker might be able to get his hand in there and, and sneak it out of there. But Zion just kind of manhandled Tory Craig and the Suns in those past two games. He scored 35 points apiece. And they're in first place for a reason. It's it's just ridiculous. Zion is a uh, clearly a generational talent, and I hope he stays healthy because he is fun to watch. Um, I I hate him seeing him do this to the Suns, of course. Um, one of the first things I I think I noticed watching this play is, of course, Zion. When you watch it the first time, like you said, manhandling Tory Craig, bulldozing his way to the basket and getting it in over DeAndre Ayton. Um, same criticism, DeAndre Ayton showing up late, not being in the right position, not stepping up higher. But when I watched it more, the thing I started to notice that I really got to give him props to is the way Larry Nance goes and um, does this play where he starts up high and sets the screen for Zion to kind of throw off the defense, goes down low and immediately starts boxing out Devin Booker because he knows Zion's going to go to the bucket and he'll open up that lane for him. And that's just gave him opened up the floor enough and gave him the space that he needed to get that bucket. But Zion, man. Um, I also, it was near the end of, I think, the same game where he just did one of his signature tomahawks and these plays by Zion, and he's a human highlight reel, just one of those guys. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason that he was 
you know, a media darling in his time um, in high school, going into uh, his one year at Duke. You know, there's so many players now nowadays that are one and done guys, but he was really the epitome of one of those guys who, honestly, if they still had the ability, could probably have made the jump from high school straight into the NBA. And it sounds like that might be coming down the road again in another couple of years, but I'm not sure. And, I, you know, the way that the league has moved to give young players opportunities to grow, such as possibilities to go overseas, their affiliations with the G League and Team McKnight, and guys go, still going to college and getting that experience and growing as basketball players, coming into the league a little bit stronger and able to make a good impression early. I mean, one of the guys for the Pelicans, uh, I believe, is Dyson Dixon. He's starting to get the starting nod for them at the two. And he was one of those guys who went straight from high school to Team Ignite in the G League and is starting to make an impact early. So, but with that being said, Chris, I did want to talk about the unwritten rules, right? And this was something uh, yes. that you had brought up on uh, our son's recap that just dropped yesterday. And it's about the game on December 9th against the Pelicans that the Suns ended up losing down towards the stretch. The Pelicans took a big lead towards the third quarter, then the Suns cut it back, and then we just couldn't pull it out in the fourth quarter. But at this point, with eight seconds left after Chris Paul you know, misses a bunny at the basket. The game is over. Your only thought process is hold on to the ball, dribble past half court, and then just kind of clock it, right? But we saw Zion performance with that 360 spin. God, it's beautiful. This is one of those where it's like, yeah, I understand the situation, but man, if, if we could get that, <laughs> just like I'm going to take it. But Chris, what, what were your thoughts in regards to this situation here? Oh man, my my first gut reaction, um, I don't know, might, might surprise people, but I kind of felt I was maybe I was just bitter that the Suns were taking another L, uh, but I felt like it was deserved. I mean, the game isn't over. I mean, it, it, for all for all intents and purposes, I'll use that phrase again, and it'll be the last time I use it. But the game was over for sure, and I know it's the unwritten rule where you dribble out the clock, and there's an argument that they could have even done it on the play before, but I think the Suns just. Maybe if anything's if anything's gonna spark them to play better and give them motivation if they need it, then cool. Maybe it'll light a fire. And I, I don't have a problem with it. It's it's the new the new fun NBA. It it is what it is. And they bring up Mikel Bridges doing a dunk. I think in the playoffs last year uh, when time was pretty low, but the mm. it was there wasn't enough time for them to run out the shot clock though. If I remember correctly, there was like twenty nine seconds or something like that. But I guess if you're doing the super proper etiquette, you would stand there and let the shot clock expire and then give it to the Pelicans for four seconds to finish the game. But it's dumb. I mean, you lost. It doesn't matter if he scores two more points on his home court. Um, I think during this clip, the announcer is talking about how Zion's overcome a lot and he had a lot of frustrations with his injuries and everything. So, you know, if Zion's got to let off some steam um, and he feels it, it, it fuels his team, he feels our team. I, I don't have a problem with it. Now, if it becomes a habit, then we might yeah. have to have a different conversation. <laughs> yeah, then we can circle back on it. But, 
you know, that's the exact same. It's not just about the play that's happened on the floor just in that game. You have to talk about the entirety of what's gone on with this franchise as a whole. Specifically, you could talk about what's happened with Zion to start his NBA career. He's been injury prone and he's finally getting back on the floor and getting some solid time showing what kind of player he can be in the all pro eventual guy that he's going to be for years to come. And you can even just think about what's happened with the Pelicans, you know, over the past couple of years, you know, you had a number one overall pick Anthony Davis, who basically pulled a Kevin Durant and said, I don't want to be here. Get me out of town. And they were working with pieces, trying to find guys and went through a lot of turmoil for a long period of time, the same way that the Suns did. And now when they finally started to get to some good success and make the playoffs last year, we're the ones who knocked them out. So, of course, they're going to have a chip on their shoulder against us. And they're going to put it to us any type of way that you can. But it was almost kind of the same way that we talked about some of the pet peeves, Chris, where it's like, if you don't want to get dunked on at the end, you got to make sure it's a better, uh, a better, more competitive game down the stretch, and you don't wilt away and fall apart in the third quarter and at the end of the games like the Suns have done in the past five weeks. But that's kind of all I had in regards to that. People are always going to have different opinions on it, right? You don't do it. Well, it's something for the fans at the end of the day. But, Chris, let's go into Reddit Reacts here, right? And this the first item that I did want to talk about rolls right into our um, – basically the same clip that we just had, that last play with Zion Williamson. And Chris Paul finally coming back from injury. Like we were saying before, he had a uh, – was it kind of a heel situation that Something ended like up that. ended up keeping him out for 14 games. You know, 38-year-old guy, that's what's going to happen when you have those little t- uh, little small <laughs> ticky-tack injuries and that kind of stuff. But he got into a little tiff with Jose Alvarado, and they were basically saying after the game, Alvarado was coming uh, and talking to a reporter and wouldn't refer to Chris Paul by his name, right? They asked him if it meant more to fight through the rib contusion, I guess Alvarado had one during the game. He said, if that person was playing, I'm playing said he wasn't going to miss this game. Chris, what do you think overall about Jose Alvarado? and What kind of a player he is, man? He is obnoxious. I think the, the word you you've used that describes him perfectly is a pest. He, but with, I mean, he, he plays hard. I'll give him that. He he's tough. He's quick. Um, he's a pretty good baller all in all, but man, he's probably, he's probably one of those guys, man, where if, if he's on your team, you love him. But if he's on any other team, you freaking hate the guy. And I'm kind of falling in that camp right now of of getting towards the hate for Jose and, uh, this rivalry brewing with the, with the Pelicans, man, uh, and the Suns. it's getting, getting spicy. We have one more meeting with them, I think in a, in a couple days here. And then, we won't see him until either next season or the playoffs, but man. Yeah. Jose Alvarado, not a fan. Yeah. We play them on the 17th, which is on Saturday. The house will be rocking for sure. And the crazy part about it is when we first met up with the Pelicans to start this season and we did win at home, they didn't have anybody. I mean, Zion didn't play in that game. McCollum didn't play in that game. 
And you have to think about this two-game set that we just went up against them. They still didn't have Brandon Ingram and Herb Jones, who has started to become one of the better defensive wing players in the NBA. So they're going to be a very, very tough matchup, not only for the Suns, but for the Western Conference. And you see right now, I mean, they're at the top of the standings for a reason. But Chris Paul, and I guess I should pull this back up real quick before, you know, everything stemmed, I guess it started on that Ion Williamson, um, that, that's, that beautiful spin 360 windmill. But if this, you let this cycle through, people were talking about Jose Alvarado, the main guy who started started it and the culprit. But I don't know. It looks like Chris Paul might have given a little nice, uh, nice little elbow up, uh, up right around the chin, and and that kind of stirred the pot there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's always it's always funny in in these situations because I wonder like if maybe the players forget that there's five cameras pointed at them at any given time, uh, five or more cameras for that <laughs> matter. Um, so you can think you're being slick where, he, you know, Chris Paul has his head down and he's sauntering and he just kind of rolls his shoulder into Alvarado. And, Oh, it's like, Chris, did you forget where your bench is, man? Like, why are you trying to like take this hard angle to like go up the side? But then again, you know, that could be me reading into it because again, when you got 500 camera angles, something could look like one thing one way and another thing another. Um, and it's hard to kind of find that depth sometimes. So maybe I'll give Chris Paul, you know, a little benefit of the doubt there. But it does it does look like uh, he might have initiated some of that contact. Yeah, and unfortunately, this isn't the only dust-up that's happened this year. You know, we did see when the, the Lakers came to town a couple of weeks ago. We haven't had a pass the outlet since then. But, of course, we got to talk a little bit about the Pat Bev shove on Aiton. Basically, um, Devin Booker was talking to the media after the game, and he said, Pat needs to stop shoving our people in the back, man. Push them in the chest. That's all I've got to say. This could almost be like an unwritten rule again, too, right? If guys aren't looking your way, don't give them a cheap shot, right? I understand that he thought – DeAndre Ayton was standing over Austin Reeves and he's coming to the defense of his teammate, but hitting the dude in the back like that, man. And especially with DeAndre Ayton's ankles, I mean, that could have caused injury to him. And we probably would have been calling for an even bigger suspension than just the two games that he got from that. Well, that's what I was going to say is, you know, it's not just an unwritten rule. It's a written rule. (laughs) He got ejected from the game and suspended. Um, It's just, it's a cheap shot, really. I mean, but Booker makes a great point. If you want to get in someone's face, if you really are so fired up that you got to get physical and and would do whatever, then push them in the chest, confront them face to face like a man. Don't run up behind them and shove them and act like you're all tough. Um, when I don't even think, from what I was seeing there, that DeAndre Ayton did anything that egregious. And yeah, he, you could say he was standing over him, but it didn't look like he was taunting him. If anything, it looked like he was kind of doing one of these, like, what's the call? Because I mean, that's just what happens is he should DeAndre Ayton maybe have extended a hand and helped him up. Maybe. Is he obligated to? No. You know that he had three, four teammates rushing to his defense already. So I think Pat Bev definitely, I agree with Booker, needs to stop pushing people from the back or maybe just stop pushing people all together because he doesn't seem to pick his fights very well. 
Yeah, my guy just needs to play. Just stick around in the league as you as long as you can. But I feel like he's made a name for himself from being that type of guy and the villain that we all love to hate. So I'm sure we'll see it again, unfortunately. But yep. one of the last things I had here, Chris, you know, one of my favorite points that you made last night was when you talked about James Jones and some of this, uh, the flack that you caught from saying he was rightly justified to get the extension to or the uh, promotion, promotion yep. to basketball operations. And, you know, a big thing, dude, these people got to remember what just a couple of years was like. You know, three years ago, this team was struggling at the very bottom of the conference, and we were just trying to stay afloat and win maybe 17 games a year. And now we lose five games and the fall and the world is falling apart, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's 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 and it, that's what it feels like sometimes. I mean, that's maybe the difference between being in the sun specific Reddit versus going on Twitter and seeing all these uh, chicken littles acting like the sky is falling. And and again, like, and that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know if they just weren't here during that time period or if they have a short term memory issue, but it was bad, man. And it's James Jones has really turned it around. And I know you can make fun of me for saying I'm proud of a finals appearance and that I'm not so dumb i don't realize a finals win is better than that but only two out of the 32 teams in the league get to go to the finals every year and we were the one of those two teams i think that's an accomplishment but we're not going to put it in the rafters so calm down right i mean unfortunately as valley sports fans we got to take our small victories when we get them you know you don't throw the parade but you cherish the success that you can get from yeah. it I mean, look at it. Time flies. It seems like it was just yesterday Devin Booker was having an incredible start to the NBA Finals and the Suns were up 2-0 and then unfortunately folded and couldn't get it done. But the world is not falling apart yet, Suns fans. We could be in way worse shape, trust me. You know, just oh, yeah. ask ask fans of the Detroit Pistons. So, <laughs> unfortunately, they lost Cunningham for the year and it's going to be a struggle unfortunately for years to come i mean imagine being a clippers fan are you muted chris no i'm not no you've been a little okay. I, i'll say at least on my end you've been a little bit choppy it, it, on and off just got too many videos too many clips too many things to share to the people we're having too much fun here mike yes sir all right chris you got anything else for the people one time before we take off for the night? No, nah, man. I think I think that was that was it. Um, I mean, keep those uh, keep those comments coming. Um, I love those those polls we did, so we might have to do some of that again. Like like Michael Benjamin said, we've been putting out a lot of content lately. Um, if you're a fan of the Cardinals, we do those recaps once a week for the games. I know their season's not looking so hot, and we also do the Suns recaps every two weeks. So basketball fans. Uh, come see what we're thinking about the Suns and get some fun stats and a little bit about what's been going on the past couple of weeks with them. But Mike, glad to be back. I look forward to taking PTO into the new year and uh, continuing on with this uh, with this channel and this journey. Yes, sir. Great to be back. Yep. Make sure you keep an eye to all those socials, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok at AZ underscore VSP. Make sure you like and subscribe to this video and our YouTube page, Valley Sports Plug. 
also on Facebook. Make sure you stay tapped into our socials. I think we're going to have a giveaway for some Suns tickets in January. So make sure you keep an eye on that. But I'm your co-host, Mike Benjamin. That's Chris Patrick. We appreciate all y'all and have a great night. Peace.